He was supposed to come on with me yesterday, but uh, he's coming on with me today instead. Larry Kruger, host of The Krug Show. You can follow him on, on Twitter and all social media platforms at SportsLarryK. He's now filling in as a host. Don't be surprised if he's hired full-time soon on the flagship station of the Golden State Warriors, 95-7 The Game. Larry Kruger, my great friend, is going to join me next. We were going to do a live show, but the platform we normally record shows on has been giving the entire network some difficulties. Uh, we might have to switch to a whole new platform. So for now, today's show is recorded. It was done on Zoom. I hate that, but what are you going to do? Better than nothing. And still, we're going to see and hear Larry Kruger cleanly. This should be a fun show. Um, we're going to cover everything from Draymond Green being an underrated defender, who in the NBA can actually threaten the Warriors, if anyone, um, why the Warriors are routinely slandered in the media. media. Uh, Larry actually brings up a great point about that. Um, so we're going to cover it all. should be a fun time. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope you have a fun and happy Labor Day weekend. Coming up next, Locked on Warriors. Enjoy. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a new edition of Locked On Warriors. You can follow Larry Kruger, host of the Krug Show, on Twitter at Sports Larry K. You can follow me, Cyrus Sotsis, on Twitter at Dog Surf Roadshow. Brother, your YouTube channel is exploding. You got over sixty five hundred subs and counting. Uh, what's the latest discussion about the Warriors on the Krug Show? You're also filling in for the flagship station of the Warriors, by the way, ninety five seven. The game. I could see you being full time there at some point sooner than later. What are, what are you talking about? What's going on with all the Warriors discussions from your side of the of the, of the ocean? Well, it's quieted down, of course, because this is kind of the dead time after summer league, but before training camp. Uh, but I think there's just a lot of anticipation for for what Golden State's got on their plate. You know, there's been some rumors about Don, Jonathan Kuminga not working hard and so on and so forth. And, um, you know, I mean, there you can debate the validity of those comments. Uh, he looked pretty good in the exam in the times I've seen him. Um, as far as you know, camp, I'm looking forward to can they run it back? You know, there's still people speculating about Durant. Um, but you know, I saw the well, I've seen it in the last you know, in the last month, let's just okay. say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I just really kind of hope they don't go in that direction. I think they've got a really good quality young basketball team. I was really excited by what I saw from James Wiseman. Um, I really like some of the pickups they've made in the, this offseason. I think I can't wait for training camp because I think we're going to discover that some of the moves, some of the players they've added that really haven't gotten any fanfare are significant moves. Who are you thinking? Like Jamichael, like, like DiVincenzo, like who comes to mind? Well, you know, my nephew's a huge Celtics fan and he was fired up about Travion Williams Um you know, who looked great on the Celtics summer league team. And then they went for Gallinari, the veteran yeah. route that they just lost for the year. And that, that forced them to cut Travion Williams. Travion Williams is 6'10", 265 pounds, and can really pass the basketball. So, you know that. I mean, you know enough about basketball to know if you're 6'10", 265, 
and you're skilled as far as a passer on a team that has this many good shooters, that's a nice piece. And to get that guy to no fanfare, I mean, there's not, not, there's not one Warrior fan walking around saying, we got Travion Williams. But I'm telling you, that's that they're going to be talking about Travion Williams uh, by the time the season rolls around. Travion Williams, I saw him in summer league. He's a weird, it's, he's an interesting uh, case study because for some reason, this, like it was almost universal scouting departments wrote him off. Um, They just didn't see athleticism from him. They didn't see like potential for, for growth. They just see, they didn't see potential there. Um, But then when I saw him playing for the Warriors in summer league, I saw a guy who immediately had a post-up game which is just, I feel like that's just a natural instinct. Either you have that or you don't. It's hard to really coach a player to develop a strong post game. He had it. And he's a big guy. He was a solid rebounder. Um, he's a training camp invitee. So we're going to see him in training camp for the Warriors along with Mac McClung. But you're right, man. People just are really not batting an eye to Travion Williams. And, and he could be something. By the way, the Celtics yeah. uh, got, got this horrible news today about Danilo Gallinari I, I did not when, when I saw that clip of that injury when he was playing in Europe, that did not look good. His knee looked like it just completely buckled. You can, like, I, I don't know if you saw that video, man. It looked awful. I couldn't believe at first when people were just saying, oh, it's just a it's just a meniscus. And, and there was like no MRIs. And then the news drops today that he's going to be out for the year, likely because of a torn ACL. Um, like without Gallinari, man, a lot of, you know, when people talk about potential threats, to the Warriors, the Celtics are, are always the first team that comes up. They're, they're incredibly the odds on favorite based on the betting lines to, to win the championship next year, which is absurd. Um, what are your thoughts on the Celtics now that Gallinari's out, man? Like, did you think there were a threat to begin with? And what do you think of them now? Well, I mean, they got Malcolm Brogdon, you know, and, and you know, and a lot of people feel like that's the final piece to the puzzle for them. You know, he's a big point guard. Um, you know, they're an interesting team. I mean, I don't, I don't think anything more than that. I mean, they, you know, I like Jalen Brown. Um, I think the the whole flirtation with Durant is could be their undoing because I think that's 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 a chemistry altering rumor. Um, I think Jason yeah. Tatum is enormously talented, but I think the finals showed that he's still very young. I mean he he's not a complete player. He's a guy who's a t- talented six eight six nine guy, maybe six ten, who's kind of a wannabe Kobe Bryant. And even though he's got game for days, you know, he, he couldn't even recognize in the finals where he could be most dominant. So you kind of wonder about his basketball IQ, you know, it's like yeah. they set him up at the rim. Golden State had no answer for it. And then he's like, ah, screw that. We'll just pound the dribble at the top of the key and do these little crossover step backs and pretend we're Kobe. <laughs> that's great and you lost but you, nobody could guard you within three steps of the rim and you just stop going down there for whatever reason so they're just they're they're you know doka's a young coach yeah they're a young team they got a lot of talent they added brogdon um they got a raucous home crowd i'm sure they'll be in the mix going forward but you never know about Jalen brown because he's got that chronic knee and he was healthy this year, and they couldn't get it done. So um, I like them, but to me, the more interesting team in the East right now is Cleveland. I think Cleveland adding Donovan Mitchell to go with Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, Ricky Rubio. I, I think Cleveland looks like a team that potentially could be, you know, 
a, a real difference making type team in the future. You think so? I, I don't, I, even with the trade, I don't know if it makes them like a legit uh, threat. Maybe, maybe. I think a lot of it depends on Mobley. Um, you know, I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if you've been talking about this on any of the shows you're hosting on 95.7 The Game or The Krug Show, which again, people c- can subscribe to you. It's blowing up, dude. I can't congratulate you enough for that. Um, ESPN and Tim Bontemps more specifically published this survey of 15 NBA scouts, coaches, and executives, uh, and who they think are, are – it was just a lot of prognostications, right? Like who's going to win MVP – Who's going to be the best player next year? Who's going to win the conference titles and the world championship? And the Warriors, it just never ends, man. They just, the slander continues. You would think a team that has won four titles in eight years, a team that has been to six NBA finals in eight years, they're a bona fide dynasty. And yet of the 15 votes, they only got two to win the championship. They only got three to win the Western conference title. The Clippers got eight of the 15 votes. What are your thoughts on the fact that the disrespect continues? Like, what what are they missing that that guys like you and I see? Like, like why are they this dense to to continue to just literally like devalue the Warriors? Your thoughts? Well, you know, I think Golden State has got got a lot of there's a lot of knowledge there about how to do this thing, how to do it from the coaching perspective, how to do it from the front office perspective, just how to win the title. Yeah, um, and Golden State understands the formula and not everybody does. And so there's, you know, it's like having a roadmap, you know, the Warriors have the roadmap and everybody else is trying to find one. And so that's a huge advantage. Um, You know, I think there's a couple factors at work. So, I mean, I think NBA teams grow together or grow apart over the long season and Kerr as a former bench player is brilliant at bringing the entire roster along all throughout the year. He doesn't just leave guys behind for months on, on end. So you have a totally engaged roster. So their depth is off the charts. Yeah. Then they liberally rest their injured players um, because they are so deep. They're afforded that luxury and they win games without, without their best players. When they get to the playoffs, they understand the need to be rested and ready and healthy more so as a priority than your seed uh, on paper going into the tournament. So I think they understand that. Then you've got guys, then the personalities, they understand that, you know what, if this thing's going to work, these personalities have to complement the key personalities like Draymond and Clay and Steph. And, and so they, they pick personalities well, um, and they have a good culture of work and trying to improve. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things at work there. I yeah. mean, there's really several factors. And then I also, I think that, Nobody's really looking at Golden State's youth. They're only looking at Golden State's veterans. And they're saying, oh, these veteran players are a year further along in their career, maybe out away from their prime. Yeah, that is true. Steph and Clay and Draymond, every year that go by, are one year further removed from their prime. But what about Kuminga and Moody mm-hmm. and Poole and Wiseman? These guys are now emerging. Wiggins. Um, <laughs> Wiggins is absolutely in his prime. Yeah. And then yeah. I think some of the moves that they made are behind are beneath the radar kind of moves. I really do. I mean, I think Jermichael Green is a classic example of a guy coming off of kind of a bad year. Um, but he's going to be in this system, I think, a very, very useful, valuable player. So I, I just think Golden State, there's a lot of knowledge there. Um, and I think, 
I don't think, I think ultimately their young players aren't getting enough credit for ascending. They're just looking at their veteran players as descending and that makes them, and then, and they're not factoring in that a lot of these other teams like the Clippers and other teams have volatile mixes Mm -hmm. and there's like a 30% (laughs) chance that they grow apart. Absolutely. Mixing the injuries. Golden State did it with a thin roster with stars. Now they're doing it with numbers and depth. And so if you have the kind of depth they have, you know, it's, it's in your, and your group is growing together. You know, you got, you're giving yourself a chance to win every year. So I think Golden State's going to be dangerous for the next few years. I absolutely, I'm a hundred percent with you. And, and you're the only thing I could think of in terms of why so many others just don't see what we see it might be the age thing. You're right. Like, because of the core of the Warriors is is pushing now their mid 30s. I still think Clay Thompson is going to have an explosive year this year. Um, two things I want to touch on with you in just a moment. One is where Dream on Green ranks in the all time rankings defensively. I think he's grossly underrated. It's it's a shame to me. It really is that he only has one Defense Player of the Year award. Um, he he has a, a, a very disappointing number of first team all defensive uh, selections and. Um, I'm curious to know where you see him among the all-time greats. And then also uh, Bleacher Report did a redraft of the 2019 NBA draft that Zion Williamson was in, that John Morant was in, and that Jordan Poole was in. He was the 28th pick, and they did a redraft to see where Poole and all these other players would go if they redid it. Uh, I don't want to share those results with you and and, uh, pick your brain on that. First, I got to talk about um, just driving inappropriately illegally uh this is a psa from the national highway transportation safety agency are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone i know larry you, you got to stop thinking that's okay buddy what's the worst? sorry what's what's the worst that could happen you end up driving below the speed limit it's no big deal right wrong the truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high stay off the reefer kids you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high gets a DUI. So that was from the, that's a PSA. So we're back at it. Um, I, I'm going to see if this I'm recording today because the normal platform we use, uh, is not working. So we're using zoom for this show today, uh, which I'm never happy with, but what are you going to do? Uh, so, but I'm going to, hopefully this works and, and the video feed picks us up for the YouTube viewers. Um, this is Bleacher Reports 2019 redraft. Zion Williamson was the number one pick still would have been the number one pick. And I'm very curious actually to see what he does this year. Uh, I'm fascinated in, in all honesty. John Morant was the second pick, comes out as a second pick again. Darius Garland in the redraft is now third. Jordan Poole is now fourth, all the way up from number 28. And then Tyler Hero is fifth. R.J. Barrett, who I have not seen prove a thing uh, on the NBA floor yet, he got a huge extension, is sixth. And a couple other players that are lower than I think they're deservedly is Cam Johnson is number nine. And Matisse Thibel, who's a fantastic defender, is at number 10. Um, your thoughts on the redraft is this accurate based on what I told you is there anything you feel like uh, should go differently your thoughts well I mean one that's impressive for pool I I didn't see that but it also kind of goes to show that if you if you if you're really hard working 
um, and you've got some, you know, decent skills, man, you can improve dramatically. I and mean, this guy is a totally different player than the one who came into the league, but he's a, he's like, he's a basketball junk, you know, he's a gym rat. He's one of those guys that gets there first and leaves last and lives to play the game. And that's when you live to play the game, you know, you just get better and better and better and better. So that's what, you know, I think that kind of tells you that it really matters how hard you work because uh-huh. um, Jordan Poole is a great example of that. And as far as this list, I mean, I, I'm a big Cam Johnson fan for Phoenix. Um, I love his outside shot. I think he's a tremendous role player. I mean, you have to, he's a six, eight guy who can shoot threes and, and he's got a buttery touch. And if you leave him open, it's down. And I mean, just so effectively spreads the floor. I'm a huge fan of his. So, yeah. um, I thought he maybe could be a little bit higher on the list, actually, but. Same, same. I'm with you. That's what I'm saying. I think Cam Johnson should go higher. I think Matisse Thibel should go higher. Uh, again, just because defensively, he's he's already emerging as one of the premier defenders in the NBA. And then, like, I, I don't I don't get the R.J. Barrett thing, man. I mean, you want, you, talk, you mentioned that the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, could be a potential title contender now at a minimum uh, in the conversation for winning the Eastern Conference title because of the addition of Donovan Mitchell. But everyone was penciling in Mitchell being traded to the Knicks. And then the Knicks, I think they deserve a buttload of criticism for squandering that deal. I mean, all indications are they could have had him. They just had to throw in one more unprotected first-round pick. They chose not to. They decided to give R.J. Barrett an extension. This R.J. Barrett thing, I mean, look, I don't, I'm not like, like you know, putting my foot down with conviction, saying that uh, R.J. Barrett is a bust. I'm, I'm not saying that he's a bad player. But I feel like a lot of people hype this kid up. I have not seen one inkling of greatness from this from this guy. And he's about to earn hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, am I the only one? Like, what, what do you think about that? Do you think the Knicks totally uh, messed up and and should have traded for Donovan Mitchell, uh, even, even if it meant giving up R.J. Barrett? Or do you like I mean, what the Knicks Yeah, Barrett has – it's almost weird. It's like alternate realities. Yes. It's like, you know, it's like, <laughs> is there a reality where R.J. Barrett is special? You know? <laughs> But I mean, he's a great kid. He's had a lot of people in his corner for a long time. His, I think this kid's from Canada. And I think Bill Duffy is his agent. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a talent. I mean, there's no yeah. question. He's a six, seven guy who's got point guard abilities in some right. areas. And, and he looks like the kind of guy that you can run your team through. But I mean, he's just a classic projection NBA player that hasn't done it. And now we're going to find out if he's how hard he works once he's already kind of secured the bag. I mean, I think this is kind of a problem in the league is that too many unproven guys secure the bag. And then, yeah, it makes them feel good that there's this many millionaires when they're going through the stats. But what happens is the effect on the league is you've got like a league that's got you know, a certain percentage of Ben Simmons type players where they're incredibly talented and they're they're they have potential to be special, but they never really become special because they really lose all fire and motivation because they get compensated so heavily. It's like would I work. I mean, think about logically, would you work super hard if you know, to make 200 million, if I just handed you 140 million, if you didn't work hard at all, right? you know what I mean? 
You'd be I like, ah, you know what? Keep your 60 million. I think I'm just going to do what I want to do. You know? <laughs> I mean, so much money. It's so much money. It's crazy. I mean, look at what Simmons is making, and Simmons has never fulfilled his potential. He can't even make free throws. It's I mean, you're, you're an NBA player who cannot make free throws, which sh- just shows that you're not committed to working at it because that's all you would need to do. Yeah. I mean, and, and it just it just shows it's it's an and it, I really think it is tied to the money, the guaranteed dollars. I you know um, I've been I've been criticizing Sean Marks of the Brooklyn Nets for a long time. Kevin Durant's not going anywhere. You're right. I mean, there was a speculation for a long time, but as of now, he's standing pat. I think the Brooklyn Nets are just an absolute disaster. I I don't see them doing anything next year. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams like that. The LA Lakers are another team. People are hyping them up. You know, you know the odds. According to the odds makers, and I've talked, I've discussed this through and through on this show about how the odds makers set these lines based on public perception, which goes to show there's just a lot of morons out there who follow basketball because the Lakers are are incredibly one of the favorites to win the world championship this year. When you look at that roster and you look at the age, LeBron James since 2017 has averaged missing 27 games a season, so he's missing every year. He's going to miss a third of the year. Uh, Anthony Davis is Mr. Glass. Uh, Russell Westbrook is, you know, he's Westbrook. He can't make anything if his life depended on it. He's a horrible shooter. Um, and they've done virtually nothing free agency wise. You know, they, they made the deal for Patrick Beverly giving up Taylor and Horton Tucker in the process. It's just incredible how many NBA franchises are run by pure incompetency. It's wild. It just makes me feel grateful as that much more. The Warriors have Joe Lacob and Bob Myers. I don't know, man. Do you, do you, do you see what I'm going with this or, or no? Am I? Well, I mean, the Lakers sold their soul to LeBron, and LeBron yeah. is a you know a, a no, you know novice general manager. I mean, that's basically that's what you would call somebody in a who tried to take on a trade that was you know a professional trade with no experience. You'd call them a novice, and that's what he is. He's a novice general manager, and why he would have chosen Westbrook as oh. a over over Buddy Heald. Oh when Buddy Heald was clearly more complimentary to his skills than Westbrook. Incredible. You know, so, I mean, there's, there's other factors that are going into his decision-making, which is why you don't want players always making the decisions because yep. they, there's other factors that weigh on their mind. So, you know, and it's been a very pain, painful lesson, I'm sure, for the Lakers because some of those deals have really set the Lakers back. The Lakers were – you know, they were t- title winners in the bubble. Now it, it, you know, could they have maintained it? Probably not, but they had a nice little core of depth of veteran players and role players. And they miss guys like Caruso and they have a nice little mix there and they just emptied their mix all for Westbrook because LeBron had some freaking whim. And now they, they put painted themselves into a corner with a immovable contract. And now they've, now they're just reeling. I mean, they're reeling. I mean, they're, they're, and it set the franchise back by six, probably five, six, seven years. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I cannot believe that Darvin Ham was coming out saying that they're going to have lineups with both Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook. Could you imagine the Warriors when they see that? They're just going to sit back and and just literally stand in the paint and just dare them to shoot all day. It's, it's absolutely yeah. it's wild. Those guys couldn't make shots if, you, if everybody left the gym. <laughs> you know, I, I especially with and going back to the Celtics real quick, you and I, are, I think we're one of the very few people who were in the strong minority of individuals who thought that the Celtics did not need a point guard. Like, like I know Malcolm Brogdon 
is a solid player. He's also very injury prone, but I thought Danilo Gallinari was, was much more the missing piece for them uh, than a Malcolm Brogdon type. And to lose him is huge. Um, who in the NBA landscape? I, I like to me, it's the Memphis Grizzlies. If everything goes perfect for the LA Clippers has to go perfect. That includes Kawhi Leonard after not playing for over a year with a torn ACL coming back and reverting to his old form. Then it's the Grizzlies. If the Clippers, everything goes right their way, and the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that is it in terms of anyone who poses a threat to the Warriors repeating as world champions. Of course, provided health, uh, you know, is obviously a factor in this. What are your thoughts, man? Who is who is a threat well, in the NBA landscape? I mean, especially if the Grizzlies are going to get Durant. I mean, are they, that's not happening anymore. Yeah, that's so. not going to happen. Well, I mean, the Grizzlies are are definitely a good team. Yeah, um, and they're an ascending team. Um, what are you, where are you on Phoenix? Are you still on that train? Uh, no, no, no. I, it is a laugh, dude. Those same, 15- I mean, did they have COVID? Do they have, did Aiden have an issue? They clearly underachieved in the playoffs and they, and they added no one this off season. Their biggest free agent acquisition this off season was Damian Lee, Stephen Curry's brother-in-law. That was their biggest free agent acquisition. Uh, I mean, I definitely think the Bucks are, yes. you know, they're, they're going to be heard from. I mean, there's no question. Um, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, this is why this is why if you're a Warrior fan, you should be incredibly excited. I mean, uh-huh. you have you have some young players that are going to ascend mm-hmm. and get better. And that means that that they're that means that the decline of some of their veteran players is not going to be felt as much. Now the Warriors issues are going to be, they're going to have to pick the right players and they're going to have to choose. Do they want pool? Do they want Wiggins? They probably can't have both. You know, they, what are, who, who are they Depends. going to the finish line with clay or Draymond? Probably not both. Depends. How are they going to, how are they going to do that? You know, I mean, Larry, like, that, Larry but it depends like on the CBA, both. man. Because if they revise that CBA and, and all indications are they're going to, or they're going to stop penalizing teams with luxury tax penalties if they drafted the player. Um, the, the new CBA is going to be written up this season. Uh, they'll probably have inklings of what's going to be in it by December, January. And all indications are from sources I've talked to. And Keith Smith, who came on the show a month ago, he's a cap expert. They're going to change the CBA so that teams are no longer penalized uh, in the, for the luxury tax if the player was drafted by them. And because it goes against the spirit of the entire law, if you're penalizing a team like Oklahoma City or like the Utah Jazz, who have suddenly stockpiled this endless first round picks, if your first, if your own draft picks are due for max extensions and you can't afford that, so they're going to revise it, and all that's going to do is favor the Warriors because right now the Warriors are paying what I think their payroll this year is going to be in the 300 million range uh, when you factor in all the luxury tax penalties. If you take those luxury tax penalties out, the Warriors can give Draymond Clay. Pool, Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, all of them max deals and not reach the same amount of money they're spending now. It's absolutely incredible. And, and it might work out for them that way. Wiggins is the only guy that they have who wasn't drafted. So um, I'm actually optimistic, man, that they can keep all these guys. I don't know if you've heard the same thing or not, but. Uh, well, that seems so unsustainable. It also seems like it might be something that's going to take the value of first round picks and make them skyrocket then. Yeah. You know, why would anybody trade? Nobody's going to trade three number ones and all these pick swaps if it's all tied to bird rights and spending spending ability. 
So that's going to change the league. I'd have to think that over how that's going to work out. Ultimately, I, I do like getting back to a league where drafting and developing is the priority because I think that's kind of the game within the game. And uh, I like that more than, hey, let's have a bunch of people go to one team and everybody buy, you know, free agents and, you know, manipulate that and play with our friends. I'd rather see it go back to if you draft well, you you do well. Yeah. I think that's a better I think that's a better way to build your league. Um you know, I will say this, though. I mean, you know, if you tell me what, like, what's James Wiseman going to become? I mean, forget everything else. Forget Moody and Kaminga. And just focus on James Wiseman. If James Wiseman becomes the player that they thought they were getting when they drafted him, the Warriors are going to be a dynasty. Oh, oh. how, 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 how could he yeah. fulfill his potential and them not be a dynasty? I don't see I, it. And Larry, you have you have insiders like I do, man. Everyone's hype. Everyone I've spoken to says if Wiseman just stays healthy, stays the course, and, and fulfills even close to his potential, this kid's going to be a rock star, dude. You're right. The dynasty can go for like 10, 15 more years in theory. Let me know what you think about this idea. And this is my one critique of Kaminga. If Kaminga starts showing up to practice the same time as Steph and Jordan Poole does, I think he's fine. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, Maybe Kuminga, you know, isn't wired to, you know, not every, you know, the, for every guy who works super hard, there's somebody on the other end of the spectrum who, for whatever yeah. reason, doesn't have that same fire. And maybe that he's a guy who's just enormously athletically gifted, but doesn't work all that hard. I don't know. I don't know what he, I don't know what his, uh, what he's like, or if he just got bad pub. It seems like Stephen A. Smith has just made it his own personal issue to like take this guy to task um you know it's weird it's like he's 19 years old can yeah. we just recognize that heck i didn't work that hard when i was 19 i mean i didn't fulfill my potential at 19 you didn't fulfill your potential at 19 he ain't fulfilling his at 19 I've, where was screaming a when he was 19 so i mean let's just let's pump the brakes he's a the, he's a top tier athlete yeah. i mean in a league where there's athletes left and right his athleticism stands out i mean think about that um he's an he's an, he looks athletic among elite athletes so yes, i don't think i'd be in a rush to part ways but i'm also not wed to him if um if for whatever reason he doesn't fit guess what you know the way he the upside that he possesses, there's so many teams around the league that would give you a significant player for him uh, in a trade. So the, the, I, I still have confidence in him. I think he's a good kid. And he is a kid, though. He's yep. young. He's really young. And while Moses Moody appears to be a little bit more mature, both on the floor, maybe he's more mature off the floor, too. Maybe. Um, and who knows? But I, I would be very very hesitant to give up on 19 year old uh um jonathan kuminga and i'll tell you i every trade i'll tell you what makes me angry as a warrior fan is every time bleacher report comes out with one of these articles about players that need to be traded Uh it's always trading with james wiseman away for nothing (laughs) it's like i can't the 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 yaka purtle 
People suggesting that the Warriors would be smart to trade James Wiseman for Jakob Pertle? Hell no. I mean, <laughs> Jakob this. And what the hell? What are you? What, why is that a good move, Bleacher Report? I mean, it's amazing. I've seen, I've seen them. And every single time I see an article tied to trades, it's like the Warriors are trading James Wiseman for nothing. And for nothing, just giving them away. Yeah. Just like, it's, you know, just for absolutely nothing. And it's like, <laughs> what? Why would, you know, it's like somebody in, in Bleach Report's got to start, stop drinking the sauce. <laughs> I mean, what's I, going on? I mean, here's the oh thing, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I mean, I hate to say this because people, there's a lot of people that are going to disagree with this, but I think one of the most overrated aspects of the Warriors winning a title was the Monte Ellis for Bogut trade. Lots of people swear by it. Golden State was going to get freaking better with Clay and Steph getting better and Draymond getting better. I, I, they, you, you're telling me they had to trade Monte Ellis for, for a guy who didn't have any offensive game, you know, could block shots and set picks. They couldn't have found anybody besides Bogut to do what Bogut did, be a brick and <laughs> run, you know, set a few picks. But if you listen to the narrative around the team, it was like this miracle trade. And it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you're going to sit there and try to tell me that, you know, if you, you know, made some, some, you know, addition, if you like, there were people that wanted to trade James Wiseman for Bradley Beal. And the Warriors, if they had made that trade, you know, they would have won the title, right? Because Bradley Beal wasn't going to prevent them from winning the title. Wiseman gave him nothing. And then we would have to hear for years as James Wiseman was a stud. Yeah, but you know what? They wouldn't have won that title if they didn't have Bradley Beal. And that, you know, and I know that's a bunch of bullshit. So now they won the title with James Wiseman and they get to keep James Wiseman. But if they had traded him for Bradley Beal, there would be people forever. They wouldn't have gotten that ring without Bradley Beal. You know, my head is still spinning. At, at just thinking about where my life was when I was nineteen, and yeah, I, I was, I, I was not a model for uh, to to set an example for anyone at nineteen. I was an absolute monster. Um, yeah, I, I was a judging. freshman in college. We were, Same. you know. I, we were beer bonging. Yes. We were, you know, uh, gravity bonging. Uh, you know, chasing, chasing girls, beer bonging. <laughs> uh, I was actually rafting. engaged. I was engaged in nineteen, weirdly, but then I, uh, yeah. Uh, but I hear I mean, what you're I mean seriously, I mean, I say though, yeah. <laughs> some of the dumbest things I've ever done, I did when I was nineteen. Oh yeah. Oh. So it's like you know what I mean. It's like this idea that you know what word on the street is Jonathan Kuminga is not fully mature. <laughs> Like, so what? He's 19. I still wonder who um, uh, Stephen A. Smith's source is with the Warriors. Because whoever this source is, and the reason why I think about it is because, because a year ago or so, uh, Stephen A. Smith also on, randomly, out of the blue on first take, said, my sources are telling me, or my source is telling me, that people within the Warriors organization are disgruntled because of the lack of minority representation in the executive and coaching ranks. And so that, so to me, that rules out Kerr and that rules out Bob Myers, right? I don't think they would be complaining about those kind of things. I could be wrong, but I, I'm just guessing that's the case. So it makes me wonder, though, like who the source is, you know? I've had I've had a bunch of people come out with, with theories about that, but I, I just, it always just trips me out wondering, like, who these people are that are, are leaking this information. 
Um, well, you gotta think of who would talk to Stephen A. Smith, right? You know, Draymond maybe, <laughs> maybe. right? I mean, they're maybe. both TV, big TV stars at this point. You know, that's true. I can see, that's true. I can see Draymond. Who knows? Being a and little... who knows? And who knows? Maybe it was. You know, if I was Draymond, I'd talk to Jonathan Kaminga about working hard, and he wasn't doing it. Yeah. And you know, I would. I'd almost look at it as you know, what I'm doing this for the team. Hey, Stephen A, shout him out because I'm tired of shouting him out and this will finally make him wake up. You know, so who knows? Maybe Stephen A is being used to do somebody else's work for them. But you know what? I'll say this. I think it's kind of ridiculous that there's so much that he's, you know, that he said that kind of stuff. At the end of the day, it's pretty harmless stuff. But if it lights a fire under Kuminga, you know what? Way to go, Stephen A. And dude, that is a great call, the Draymond thing, because it's been publicly... Uh, reported that Draymond has tried repeatedly to to light a fire under Kaminga. Kevon Looney has tried. Andre Iguodala has tried. They've all publicly said that uh, it's interesting trying to reach and connect with these younger players. That might be it, man. You never know. It, it might be it. Um, I, I, speaking of Draymond, I want to end the show on this note. Yesterday, I talked about how he was uh, a grossly or is a grossly underrated defensive player. Um, and I say that because of the fact that when it comes to individual accolades, he doesn't measure up with some of the all-time greats. Like, for example, he only has one defensive player of the year award. I feel like someone of his stature should have two or three. He's only made four first team, all defensive teams. That number should be way higher. I mean, the fact that he didn't make it last year, I know he missed two and a half games, uh, two and a half months because of injury. Um, but I, I consider Draymond Green easily to be a top three all-time defensive player. Um, and when I talk, when I think about the all-time defensive grades, I'm thinking about players who are not just able to defend bigs, right? They got to be able to defend everyone in theory. And that's why that kind of rules out players like Dikembe Mutombo or Akeem Olajuwon, because I don't think those kinds of players can, can guard a fast point guard, for example. Um, so here's some names I'm going to throw out there, because to me, Dennis Rodman is the all-time greatest defensive player. Uh, I mean, you and I saw him play, I, you know, he was just, there was no one else like him. And no matter who he guarded, he got in their heads. Draymond Green reminds me of that as well in terms of winning the mental warfare. Uh, but but he was also very uh, uh, flexible. He was very mobile. So he could defend smaller players. He was strong enough to defend bigger players. And so Rodman and, and Draymond Green to me are similar in the sense that they can guard all five positions. Um, I'll throw a few names out there. Maybe I'm going to miss one. But to me, who is in your top three or maybe your Mount Rushmore of all-time NBA defensive players. And these are some of the other players that throw out there who are under consideration. Bill Russell, who is widely known, wildly known, I'm sorry, maybe both, of as being a a stout defensive player and rebounder. I mentioned Akeem Olajuwon. Michael Jordan was an unbelievable defensive player. He won the Defensive Player of the Year Award one year. His teammate, Scottie Pippen, was also a fantastic defender. I mentioned Akembe Mutombo, Ben Wallace of the Pistons was an unbelievable defender. You got uh, Dwight Howard, who's still playing right now, uh, listed in there. Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant, Gary Payton, um, and Joe Dumars. Uh, and your, who's your on your Mount Rushmore? I'll, I'll let you go first, and then I'll answer that myself. But um, who are well, the okay? First best? of all, first of all, Green. You know there are there's two ways to de- to break down basketball defenders: post defenders and perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. And there's very few guys that can do both. Correct. Green can do both. Correct. Now he can do both without being um, that blessed with lateral quickness. I mean, there's not the most, he's not the greatest lateral quickness guy, 
but he's just a ferocious competitor. He's insanely intelligent and he knows all the, all the tricks of the trade as a post defender in an era though, where there's not a lot of post play. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he's got to guard these guys who have these 20 point a game back to the basket games. So I, you know, you got to remember that he is an incredible post defender, but there aren't a lot of post offensive players. So, you know, if the league was full of Zach Randolph from, you know, guys who had all kinds of up and under moves and, you know, could Draymond defend Kevin McHale? I'm sure he could, but McHale had crazy moves. I'm mm-hmm. just saying it's he's playing in an era where the post offensive players are not anywhere close to the greatest post players we've seen. Sure. But um, he definitely is on that short list because he's both a perimeter defender and a post defender. He's also, you know, in my in my mind, he's kind of like reminds me a little bit of Bird in that he's a facilitator. He's a yeah. he's you know we're talking about a great defender who also piles up you know leads the team in assists. But as far as your question, I, I the guy that you didn't name that absolutely should have been on that list is Michael Cooper. Uh, Michael Cooper for the Michael Cooper for the Lakers. Good call. You know, is six five, six six, long arms, could guard ones, twos, threes, fours. Great. Call. I mean, seriously, this guy—you could put this guy on Bird. He had unbelievable lateral quickness, long arms, ridiculous defender. Yeah, Michael Cooper, right. Coop, as yeah. they called him, was. And just, and just interfere real quick. I interviewed him a year or so ago. Um, and I brought up the fact that de- despite his defensive prowess, he also let Sleepy Floyd set the the quarter and halftime playoff records for scoring. Um, and he got it was all jovial, it was all in, in good spirits. But you could tell that I, I, he he told me too. He's like, man, you just had to bring that one game up, didn't you? But he he it still bothers him. He told me it still bothers him to this day because they just they slept on the Warriors, man. They they, they let their guard down and they're being arrogant. But you're right, dude. Michael Cooper was a fantastic defensive player. I, I apologize for interrupting. Continue on. I, no, not at all. I think I think Gary Payton. I think I mean I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think Gary Payton the second is one of the great oh, defenders I've seen. Is. You know, just a ridiculously mm-hmm. incredible defender. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, there's a bunch that I can think of, but you know, Jordan was a nine-time All Defensive Team member. I mean. Jordan was as good a defender as there was. I think when I think of great defenders, I kind of think of also Ron Harper, you know, that team that had Ron Harper and Jordan and Pippen and Robin, then and and Randy Brown, by the way, Randy Brown was a ridiculous defender. He was Dennis Johnson. DJ was a terrific defender. Celtics. Yes. The Celtics. I mean, just an outstanding defender. Um, there have been a number of guys. I but mean, who's on uh, your Mount Rushmore? There's only four. Four defenders of yeah. all time. Well, I mean, I didn't see Russell. So it's like I could say Bill Russell and nobody, it's very safe. Hey, Bill Russell. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, yeah. it's like I didn't yeah. see him. So it's right. hard to say. I would definitely put Draymond up there. I think Alvin Robertson. Do you remember Alvin Robertson who played for I the do. Spurs? I do. He yes. had he was a ridiculous defender. I'll tell you a guy who I think was like too. I'll tell you another guy who was an awesome defender was Spreewell. Spreewell. Latrell is ridiculous. Latrell was measured six five, but he had wingspan like a seven footer. Yeah. I mean, he was crazy length. 
and great. I, hands I would say Freewell in his prime would just suffocate. To, you know, he didn't just he didn't just he would suffocate uh, literally. He, he suffocated yeah, maybe literally, <laughs> but he would suffocate offensive players. Spreewell, I, I got to Spreewell. Yeah, he would he suffocate Carlissimo. Um, <laughs> an incredible wingspan and and big old hands that fit right around the neck. It was it, yeah. It was but there's a, there's a there's got to be a big that I'm just not thinking of that was crazy great Tim defensively. Duncan was good. Garnett was good. Uh, Akeem, as I mentioned, David Robinson, Dikembe. Definitely, I mean, definitely Akeem. I mean, Akeem because Akeem was great. You know, Akeem's an incredible thing. So I was that he was an awesome defender in college and yeah. when he came into the league, but then he became this awesome offensive player. Akeem is one of the greatest players of all time. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. I would put Akeem up there against any center in any era. You know, I don't care about Russell, Chamberlain, uh, Lajou, I mean, uh, Kareem, Ewing, any anybody, David Robinson, anybody today, I would take Olajuwon. I mean, to me, Olajuwon was was probably the guy. I'd probably go Olajuwon, Jordan, Draymond, and Rodman, with Cooper being like my next guy. All right, I like that. I really like that. Um, yeah, and even in the modern day, like Rudy Gobert is someone who I, I to me is incredibly overrated. I you know, but he's you know. He's not a bad defender, but I just think he's overrated given the number of awards he's won and, and just, the, you know, his name recognition being synonymous with defense. But, I mean, a lot of perimeter players burn that guy on a regular basis. I'm with you. I, I it's, it's Dennis Rodman, Draymond Green. I'm going to put uh, Michael Jordan on there. Um, God, I guess I'll go with Akeem. Yeah, I guess I'll make him my big because you're right. He, I mean, he was stifling Patrick Ewing. He was, he's, I mean, he was stifling everybody. Like, there, there was nobody who was ever beating him. So, um, yeah, there you go. All right. Anything else we missed? Are we good? Did we cover all the bases? Yeah, I think, uh, we, I think we covered everything. What do you, uh, anything you want to promote? Obviously people can, uh, can subscribe to the Krug show, uh, yeah. on YouTube, which is blowing Please up. By the do. Uh, yeah. Check out the Krug show on YouTube and, um, 6,000 plus subscribers and it's mm. growing. Mm. Um, check Real me point, out with man. talk sport and gridiron. I'm doing covering the 49ers. Check me out on 95.7 The Game. And real quick, be, before you, before let's talk Niners real quick before I let you go. I got to ask you this yeah. one question. I don't like the Jimmy G, Trey Lance thing, man. I don't like, and the, the reason why I don't like it is because it tells me that the team is lacking confidence in Trey Lance. Like if they really believed in him, Jimmy G is not restructuring to come in as a backup who likely will be taking over at some point. Um, I, I And not to mention it, just regardless of what Trey Lance is saying publicly, the, I, that cannot be a, a, a vote of confidence. I mean, you can't be feeling great about your chances when the team is basically saying, yeah, we're going to keep the guy you were supposed to replace just, just as a security blanket, because we don't have that much faith in you. What are your thoughts on that? Because you're, what are your, well, your I think colleagues? You're, I'm, I'm glad you're asking me this question. So are you saying that you think James Wiseman is a bust? Uh, not yet. If you, well, wait, you, wait, 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 how's he not a bust? You just, you're you 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 drafted him second overall, but you're you re-signed Kevon Looney. Well, why the Warriors? What why the Warriors re-sign Kevon Looney? There's no reason for it. They have James Wiseman, and he's great. I don't why like he, that analogy. I don't like that analogy because you're comparing an NBA center to a football quarterback. But um, my point is my point is yeah. the is the point, which is you know my is that I believe James Wiseman is going to be great. Okay. 
but I understand why Kevon Looney's there. And I understand why Kevon Looney is valuable to the Warriors bid to win a title next year. And does that mean that I don't believe in James Wiseman? No, but I think their chances of winning a title with Looney still there next year are, are better. And obviously they do too, because they re-signed Looney despite having a somewhat, you know, crowded roster. Yeah. So look at Trey Lance. I think everybody's misreading this. Everybody's viewing this through the prism of, oh, this is an example that Lance is not giving them what they want. It's not what he's supposed to be. No, it's not it at all. I but think let me ask you this. Didn't, did the team not try to trade Jimmy Garoppolo before he had the sh- uh, shoulder surgery? There was talks about trading him. And then when he had the shoulder surgery, all the teams backed away. Right. And so that delayed the trade. And now there's nobody that that's good that needs a quarterback. And um, so he his big interest is to try to get paid $20 million in free agency next March. Okay. And so he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? So he wants to be I do, healthy I do. next March. I so just my, don't. My point I just is don't. This, is that just think of Alex Smith. Yeah. Alex oh. Smith was the first oh. pick in the draft. Yeah. Right. Oh. Alex Smith became was drafted in 2005. He mm-hmm. became a three-time Pro Bowl quarterback. He didn't make his first Pro Bowl until 2013. That's his eighth season in the in, in the NFL. So I don't think that the 49ers don't think Trey Lance is going to be a good quarterback. They have a Super Bowl ready roster right now. And a quarterback who's making his first full year in the NFL. No quarterback in the history of the NFL has ever won the Super Bowl in his first full year as the starter. Um, this he's technically like a rookie. And then when well, you ben, mix in how inexperienced he is, you could argue he's like one of the rawest quarterbacks to ever enter the league. Didn't so, Ben Roethlisberger do that though? I thought Ben Roethlisberger won a Super Bowl his first full year. Um, I think it was year two. Okay. Okay. Um, right. But you can look that up. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. You know. But my point is just that, and Marino was great in year two as well. I'm just saying that Trey Lance has got great, great upside as a prospect. Why? He's got great athleticism. He's got a really good brain for the game, and he's also, you know, the, he loves the process of pro football. His dad played pro football. It's a family business. So he's all into getting better and he's getting better. He's going to get better, but he's so raw and he's so inexperienced that it could happen this year, but it also could very well happen next year Mm -hmm. or it could happen in two years or it could happen in three years. If you ask me my professional opinion, I would say it's going to happen in two years. So what do you do? And then you got Jimmy Garoppolo sitting there and he knows your system. He knows your offense. He knows your defense and look at your choices. He was making $27 million. If you waive him, he goes to the Rams as a backup to Stafford or he goes to the Seahawks as a starter. And what if they beat you now you're suddenly in hot water with your fan base. So instead you get him to take $18 million haircut and you keep him on your bench You keep all that information that instead of going to the Rams or Seahawks, you keep it all in-house. It gives you an insurance policy against the Trey Lance injury. And you also then have an asset that now has a $6 million contract who's totally tradable at the trade deadline in October. So it's a, it's a, to me, it's just absolutely a brilliant move. Um, 
if Trey, get, oh, if that's Trey, a stretch, Larry. Brilliant. No, oh, it's brilliant. Strong word, dude. Oh no, no <laughs> think about it. Because think about it. If if Trey gets hurt, you have a second quarterback you can win with. Yeah. If Trey doesn't get hurt and looks great, you have now turned a player that you could not trade into a player that you might be able to get a first round pick for. And you're also getting an insurance policy until the trade deadline, which is like November. Yeah. So you can, you can have this player on your roster. If your quarterback gets hurt, your season's not done. And if your quarter, if your young quarterback Lance becomes a star this year, you can trade Garoppolo at the trade deadline for probably at least a second round pick. I hope you're right. It's a genius move. It's I a genius right. move. I hope you're, oh my God, you throw these words around, dude. That's genius and brilliant. And how could it not be? It, because they, they wanted to get rid of the guy just a few months ago. They've been trying to trade his ass for months. They find no partners, so they, they have to settle for this scenario. And but why is he not know. tradable? Why, why have they not been able to trade him? It's because, because he made $27 million. Well, the money, his shoulder injury, and then the fact that Jimmy G is just not that good. I, I think that's a huge part of it. I mean, but he's good enough. So. Here's the thing, though. There's only 32 jobs, and yeah. he's probably the 17th best quarterback. So they're going to oh. find a home for him, or they're going to, or he's going to be. I'll say this too: if Trey plays okay and Jimmy goes in there and plays well, and they wind up winning the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, guess what? They'll probably trade Trey Lance. Yes. So Correct. it's very, it's a very volatile situation. It's unique. I'm sure the Niners win, Jimmy wins. The one who loses is Trey in that now there's some, there could be a lack of patience in his development uh, and he may have to go elsewhere himself, but you know what? That's just the way it is. <laughs> it is what it is, man. There you go. <laughs> I love it. Dude, that, that is a positive spin. I'll take it because I love the Niners. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take it, brother. I hope you're right about everything. Uh, and again, you have a lot of stuff going on, dude. You can listen to Larry Kruger on 95.7 The Game, the flagship station, the Golden State Warriors. Subscribe to the Krug Show. Follow Larry on all, I think, uh, Twitter and all social media platforms at SportsLarryK. Yep. There you go. SportsLarryK. Follow the man. I always love your your insights. I'm I'm fascinated by what you just told me about Trey Lance. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I It's it's weird. It's it's definitely a weird and usual situation. There's no, no doubt about that. It's a good thing we have the Warriors, my friend, because whereas vol volatility is down in Santa Clara and San Francisco is just stable. It's a dynasty. Championships. Just, yeah, things are good. All right, man. We'll talk soon. I love you, dude. And thank Take you, care, everyone. bro. Love you, too, man. We'll talk. <laughs> Long, man.